into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and unfortunately, today we are not joined by my brother and co host, Sam Bradley, as our schedules just could not align this week, couldn't make it happen. So, I am going to do the episode by myself today. Hope that's all right with everybody. And yeah, let's get right into it. It is a busy episode for you all. We have a lot to get to as far as the Kentucky Wildcats are concerned, both on the basketball court and on the football field. As we sit down today on Friday, November 18th, since the last time we recorded, we have had two Kentucky basketball games, one against the Michigan State Spartans and another against South Carolina State last night at Rupp Arena as well as the Kentucky Wildcats have a game this Sunday out in Washington against the Gonzaga Bulldogs, which we need to talk about and preview for you all. So let's dive right in, okay? Let's go back to the Champions Classic on Tuesday night where the Kentucky Wildcats took on the Michigan State Spartans. And unfortunately... Kentucky came up on the losing end of that matchup with a overtime defeat. A lot to break down as far as the game is concerned, so I think the best place to start is is where it ended. And, you know, down the stretch, unfortunately, we did not make enough plays to win the game. A lot of people will uh, talk about the fact that Oscar fouled out and, you know, their big man Sissoko kind of dominated down the stretch and was able to win the game for them. Um, But even before that, I mean, we had chances to close this game out. A couple missed free throws by Case and Wallace at the end of the game, which um, you hate to see Um, early in the season, though, you know, those things can happen. He, which I liked, he took a responsibility and accountability after the game in the locker room said, hey, I got to be better. I got to make those free throws. And you know what? I'm very confident going forward that he's going to have all the confidence in the world and he's going to knock down those big free throws in a big game. So um, that was unfortunate to see. And then a few just total mental lapses and breakdowns on the defensive side of the ball where you you have a chance to make a stop and win the game and completely fall asleep on an inbounds play. Um, You let them beat a press and go down the court and score again. So, you know, the opportunities were there for the Kentucky Wildcats to win that basketball game, and and they just didn't. And I think it bummed everyone out in the Big Blue Nation that we didn't come up with the victory, but 
guys have to remember it's early in the season. These things are going to happen and it, it's, it's good for a team to be able to take some of these lumps along the way and learn from them. And, you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing we lost the game, but I think it is a good thing that, that this team is going to be able to see what they did in a, in a big time game and the things that hurt them and then the things that they also did well. And so let's talk about some of those things that, that went well for the Kentucky Wildcats. And first thing that jumps off the screen is our national player of the year, Oscar Shibway. You know, heading into the game, I actually didn't think a whole ton of, at least I didn't think we were going to get a whole ton of Oscar Shibway. I really didn't know how many minutes he was going to play. Cal was saying he completely left it up to Oscar. He was kind of saying he might come in for four or five minutes and then rest, uh, come back in for a few minutes. And I think after he he got into the game, um, he was ready to go. And he, he said that he felt pretty good, so he was going to, continue to play and, and boy did he ever you know big time game for she she way i mean doing it on the offensive glass doing it on the defensive glass being able to score the ball down in the post a couple times popped out nice jump shot um so i thought he played really well the fouls you know he can't be fouling out of games honestly can't be affording him not to be available in a in a game down the stretch like that um, really hurt us but so he's gonna have to clean that up but for his first game back I mean it was just awesome to see him out there running around flying doing his thing really impacting the game and I think um, you know for a lot of us we didn't know what to expect so seeing him out there playing so well and, and looking like him his former self was definitely um, a big time positive to take out, uh, away from the game. And then, you know, guys, let's, let's talk about our guard play. Case and Wallace and Xavier Wheeler were, um, the two standouts in my eyes. I thought Kaysen did so many things well, um, outside of, you know, the things that we had talked about earlier with him, um, with some of the free throw misses, uh, down the stretch. But outside of that, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was up in all of those guards' faces all night of the Michigan State Spartans really made their uh, point guard, A.J. Hogard, almost invisible out there, just completely blanketed him. Eight steals in the game. I mean, just an absolute menace on the defensive side of the ball, really kick-started the team and really kind of carried us throughout the game, leading the offense, being able to handle the ball, um, didn't turn the ball over much, did turn the ball over late down the stretch, but um, you know, he'll learn from that and correct that. And then severe Wheeler, I mean, really did a really good job of being able to attack the basket. Um, a few times was able to use that quickness to get to the basket. And for a few layups, um, was also able to get the rest of the team involved as he always is leading the team in, in assists, looking to get everyone involved. And he did that. Um, so I think it was really encouraging to see those two on the court together, um, working kind of in tandem and being able to both um, be a primary ball handler. It kind of makes things difficult for the other team when you have two guys in your backcourt on the, you know, out there on the court at the same time who can handle the ball and don't really turn the ball over. Um, it just, you know, really be able to limit the turnovers and maximize your possessions. And um, that's why Kentucky is one of the most efficient offenses so far uh, through the first couple of games of college basketball. Um, 
where we'll go to next is those were kind of the things that stood out and what we did well, I thought. Um, so here's some things that I think weren't necessarily bad in my eyes, but they, they definitely need, need improvement. And uh, the, the three-point shooting, I think for me, uh, the first couple games, Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick did a really nice job. Um, we, did, we as a team did a nice job of being able to find them. Um, CJ got in a little bit of foul trouble, and then um, I don't know if anybody else um, listened to Coach Cal talk, but one thing he did say after the Michigan State game was he had wished that he had played Antonio more. And he missed an assignment on defense, and Cal pulled him out of the game, and then just he said that was one thing he wished that he had done was play him more. And so I think those guys needed to be more a part of the game and needed to be able to hit more shots. And both of them never really got into a rhythm and weren't able to be a factor. I mean, CJ hit one three. I thought he was a complete non-factor until that one three pointer kind of felt like that was at a key point in the game. Um, there was about five minutes left. He hit a, he hit that three, but then outside of that, there was, there was really nothing. Um, Jacob Toppin. Let's talk about him for a minute. I thought he was kind of hit and miss. And and this is this is where some of the problem lies with him is the vanishing act. It's if he's engaged and he is active and he is going out there and competing at a high level, then he is a high level player. Um, but then he finds himself in the in in these times where he's kind of lost out there and um kind of seemed like that a little bit. Um, had some good plays, did some good things out there, but um, a little bit felt like he was not as big of a factor as we might have needed. Um, State turned the ball over a lot, and we did a lot of good things on defense to uh, force those turnovers. They also, a lot of careless turnovers, would have loved to see us get out in transition more really you know, that's got to be a big part of our game is getting out there and running it and getting easy baskets and putting the pressure on other teams. And, and we really didn't do that. Um, oh, guys, I said it before the game. I told you we cannot leave Joey Hauser. He is a knockdown three point shooter and we, we let him get loose. We let him get loose. And every time he had an open shot, he hit a three and it, it, Wish we had a better plan on on being able to cover him. I thought he was able to come over, come around some screens, and and we did some things defensively that I wasn't necessarily a fan of, fan of with going under some screens and, and things like that, and kind of got him some open looks, which um, ultimately I thought was a big factor in, in the reason why Michigan State was able to to keep the game close at times. You thought maybe Kentucky was going to be able to pull away, just. Never really happened. Um, Got to give Michigan State credit. They fought hard all night. And every time, you know, we, we took it to them, they they threw the haymaker right back and, and it was just a seesaw game. So that was kind of everything that I saw um, from the Kentucky Wildcats. Again, unfortunate we didn't get, come away with the victory, but, um, you know, a positive step. You're looking at a team where multiple guys for the Wildcats have been out leading up to the season. Damian Collins' first game back. Oscar Sheway's first game back. Severe Wheeler just getting back in the mix. Um, you've got some new pieces. So it's going to take a little time for these guys to gel and to get things going. But I thought overall, the the effort, the intensity, and um, 
just the way the game played out, I, I was I was encouraged in what I saw from the Kentucky Wildcats despite the loss. Um, one thing that I actually am just now thinking of and wanted to touch on, and we'll kind of let this lead into, um, we'll just recap real quick what we saw in the, the South Carolina State game. Um, but Chris Livingston, he has been in the starting lineup for the first couple games, was not in the starting lineup for the South Carolina State game. But in Michigan State game, it kind of seemed like he was the odd man out. And I say that because he wasn't really a factor offensively. And so he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, as At least that's how I saw it. I'm not 100% sure what he does very well yet you know he obviously has great size athleticism we did see him hit a three in the south carolina state game which which was good to see um that was basically the only thing he did all night but i really am intrigued to see what kind of role he's going to carve out on this team because i think it is vital for him to find a role and then be able to maximize what he does in that role because right now he's really not doing much of anything. Um, he's just kind of out there. So we need him to be able to find a role. And that may be the coaching staff working with him and trying to figure out what he does best to be able to help us win basketball games. So that's something I'm, I'm going to be keeping my eye on going forward. Like I said, I didn't think uh, he did a whole ton in the South Carolina State game, but I did see some aggressiveness from him. He got a couple open looks. He was able to knock down a three-pointer. So hopefully we can see his confidence grow and really be able to have him carve out a role that is going to help us into the future um, winning some big basketball games. Um, You know, the South Carolina State game, we're not going to get into a whole ton. Obviously, it's a complete mismatch. You're dealing with a team that is one of the bottom teams in all of college basketball in South Carolina State going up against a absolutely loaded Kentucky Wildcats team. So not really a completely fair matchup. I mean, you look before the game, Kentucky sitting there as a 40-point favorite. You know, everybody expected them to win the way that they did last night. Um, you didn't see much of Oscar Shibwe. I think that was in preparation for our matchup with Gonzaga. Um he came in and played in kind of how I thought he would have played a Michigan State game, but he obviously went above and beyond that. So I think he just wanted to be able to get out there and, and, and get some run in. And because um, there was talk potentially of him not even playing at all, um, but I think he wanted to get out there and, and contribute. And, and so you just saw a little bit of him. It was great to see Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick be able to kind of gain that confidence back after a lackluster performance against Michigan State. And so um, they were both able to kind of find their groove behind the three-point line. Also, CJ did a good job of tacking the basket, was able to get to the free throw line a few times, finish around the rim. So um, one thing I did notice about the game that really stuck out to me outside of us just, you know, going nuts on points and and going over a hundred was the transition game. And there was not any in the Michigan state game. And, you know, they play a physical style of basketball and they did a great job of, of preventing us from getting out and running a whole ton. But um, 
we ran a lot on South Carolina State. And if you guys noticed watching the game, the one thing we did when we ran a lot was you get the ball in the hands of, of the guard and the wings are sprinting down the court and getting to the three-point line. And I think that's something the coaching staff definitely made a priority and is something that they want to see the team do a better job of because if you can get out and transition and head man the ball and be able to find your shooters for the three, well, hey, you know, if we can get open threes in transition, we'll take it. Obviously, in transition, you're looking to get to the basket, possibly a layup or dunk. But if the threes are there as well, then, hey, let's take them. So I thought you saw a really concerted effort from the Wildcats as soon as they got the rebound to find a ball handler, get them the ball, and then push the ball up the court to look to shoot. And, uh, and so that was, you know, Saw some quick threes taken, some misses, but at the end of the day, you know, a nice night from the three-point line, shot a good percentage, so it's not something where it took away from the Wildcats and the way they were playing. I thought it really added some value to them, so I'm going to look to see how they continue to progress in that transition game um, and be able to push the ball ahead, not only to get to the basket, but to shoot the three-point shot. Good to see Damian Collins out there, Lance Ware out there. I thought both of them did not really have much of a factor in the Michigan State game. So um, to see them out there last night flying around, I thought Lance, when he came in towards, he played at the beginning of the game, I thought he he did a pretty good job. And then um, at the end of the game, he came in and, you know, really kind of gained some momentum with a couple easy shots and really kind of took advantage of that and was able to to go out there and have a pretty good night. So you get this little cupcake game of South Carolina State sandwiched right between two absolutely tough matchups in the Michigan State Spartans and now on the back end, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. So... Let's dive right in. Let's talk about this matchup between our Kentucky Wildcats and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Now, this game is actually going to be played out in Washington, so um, going to be a big test for the Kentucky Wildcats going on the road in a hostile environment, playing against one of the better teams in the country. I've had a chance to watch Gonzaga play uh, a few times this year. They've they've also played a couple quality opponents. They played Michigan State, as we alluded to on last episode, and they were able to beat them in a one-point victory. So as you can see, probably going to be one of those types of games, the same kind of thing we saw with Kentucky and Michigan State, Michigan State and Gonzaga. It should be another one just like that, down to the wire, very high level of basketball being played out there. Gonzaga is led by their returning big man in Drew Timmy, and that is what their whole team revolves around. They look to him kind of the way we do Oscar. Their offense is built around being able to enter the ball down into the post, and then Timmy is very good with his back to the basket, being able to post up, drive to the hoop, And then he's also a very willing and good passer out of the post uh, when teams elect to double team him. 
and things of that nature. So their offense definitely revolves around him. They also have a few solid guards on the team that can handle the ball. They do a really good job with their offense. They are, you know, through the first couple games right now, the most efficient offense in the country. A couple guys returning as well from last year's squad outside of Drew, Drew Timmy is uh, guard Julian Strother and um, Rasir Bolton. And then Nolan Hickman is also a player who is returning from last year's roster to this year's roster. He played more of a, a limited role last year, but now has a much more prominent role on the team this year. So as you can see, four players returning from last year's squad, three of them being key starters, one of them now having a more defined role. Plus you have a solid group of freshmen on the team now. So you know, they did lose Chet Holmgren last year, but outside of that, they have completely reloaded and why they began the season in the top five of the country. Saw them play last night at, uh, I don't know, I'm sorry, not last night, Thursday, was it Thurs Thursday or Wednesday night? They played at Texas and, um, you know, Texas kind of whooped up on them pretty good there. Uh, Texas has some some speed, some athleticism at the guard play. They were able to really um, kind of wear Gonzaga down, and, and they really kind of controlled that game from start to finish. Never even felt like Gonzaga had a chance in that game whatsoever. Maybe for the first 10 minutes or so, uh, Texas kind of blew it open a little bit there towards the end of the first half, started to pull away and really kind of held this 10 plus point advantage the, the entire night, never let Gonzaga get comfortable. I think that with that being said, you know, you have a pissed off team that just went on the road and got beat and is now coming home with a big time opponent traveling to their barn to play. So I think the Gonzaga Bulldogs are going to be extremely fired up and ready to go to play the Kentucky Wildcats on Sunday night. So with that being said, what does that mean for us? We're going to have to come with our A game. I think that we're going to have to do a lot of the things we did against Michigan State, and that starts with the defensive side of the ball, being able to make life tough for Drew Timmy down low, and we are going to need Oscar down there battling him, playing playing tough. Lance is probably going to have to, you know, give some go with Drew Timmy and uh Anyenso doubt he'll we'll we'll see. He 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 played for a minute or two in the Michigan State game. We'll see if he's able to get in the game against Gonzaga. But um Damian Collins, possibly Jacob Toppin, Oscar, you know, we're gonna have to throw some bodies at Drew Timmy and really try to make life difficult on him. So um guards again are going to be key. All of our guards, we need Chris to play better. We need Xavier to continue what he's doing. We need Kaysen to continue to build upon the start of his season. And then CJ and Antonio, you know, all of them are going to have to play a good game, a good team game, be able to get stops defensively, get out in transition, hit some three-pointers, and then, you know, be able to run some good half-court offense. That is something that we haven't necessarily seen at a very high level so far with the Kentucky Wildcats so far uh, so far this season. They have struggled, you know. 
with Oscar being out, I think a lot of their their offense, you know, kind of runs through him. So now just getting him back, it'll be interesting to see how they develop in that area. But that that is something that does need to improve. We we've definitely been much better in transition than we have in the half court. So um, continuing to improve in that area is going to be key against a well coached team on the road. I've talked about him a little bit, and that's Drew Timmy. I've talked about Oscar a little bit. Let's talk about them together. This is the matchup I think all of college basketball has been looking forward to. By all accounts, the best two big men in all of college basketball, respectively. So I think the whole country is excited to see these two kind of duke it out. And uh, John Calipari had made some comments um, about the two of them going together. And he had referenced uh, an old game that he had coached way back in the day. But when two um, stars basically were going against each other, and he said a lot of times people tend to think that you know, it's just one-on-one, mano y mano, them going back and forth. But, you know, there are a lot of other factors going into the game. There are not eight other players on the court as well, plus other guys that are going to play. So it is a extremely uh, important matchup and a very sexy one for everyone on the outside looking in and, and will definitely be a factor in, in who ultimately wins this game. Um, so I think everyone is super excited to watch this matchup as, as am I, honestly, I, I am really intrigued to see kind of how this plays out. I think, I think Oscar should have a good night. Let's see what he can do on the defensive side of the ball in limiting, uh, Timmy. I don't think Timmy, honestly, I think Oscar should be able to get his on the offensive end. I don't think Timmy's going to offer him a whole ton of resistance. And so I look to the other side of the ball with uh, Oscar defensively. I think even that Michigan State game, I mean, a couple blocks in there, I thought he played well defensively. He's just going to have to limit uh, picking up some of those cheap fouls so that he can stay on the court at the end of the game. But I think Timmy's going to gonna have a tough time against Oscar. He's He's very good with his footwork. He, he obviously isn't the biggest, the strongest, the fastest guy, but he is extremely fundamental. He is great with his footwork. So going to be a challenge for Oscar on the defensive side of the ball to be able to stay with him, limit him. You really just got to make his shots tough. He's going to shoot and he's going to go at the basket. He's going to get his touches and his looks. So really just got to make his life difficult and then, one thing that Gonzaga does well that we also do well is offensive rebounding. So locking up on the defensive glass is going to be another big key to this basketball game. Michigan State it could have beaten Gonzaga and down the stretch, they just too many offensive rebounds by Timmy. He was able to get some up. He, one of them, he was able to pass out for an open three. That is something we cannot afford in this basketball game is getting up, giving up, offensive rebounds to Drew Timmy because once he gets it, he's he's similar to Oscar Sheebway in the way that he does it for us guys. He is very good at getting the ball right back up in the basket, playing through contact, finishing, and if he's, he grabs the ball and he doesn't have anything to go back up, he's very good at being able to look up and find an open shooter. So those extra possessions in a game like this could really be what kind of decides um, 
who wins? Seriously, like that could be the extra couple possessions that you need with a couple shots here and there to be able to build a little bit of a lead down the stretch. So um, this should be an amazing game. I'm really excited for the Wildcats to go on the road in a tough environment early in the season. Another big primetime game. And uh, I know Sunday football is king and everyone will be tuned in to the NFL all day. But for me, I am waiting for Sunday night. I forget the football. I will just be anxiously awaiting this basketball game. Another chance for us to see the Kentucky Wildcats under the bright lights, and hopefully they can go out and get a W over Gonzaga. I think that about covers everything that I wanted to touch on in the basketball world. So let's switch over and let's talk about the Kentucky Wildcats football program and their huge matchup at home tomorrow against the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Kentucky is coming off a very disappointing and unfortunate loss to the Vanderbilt Commodores last week, and they need to pick themselves back up off the mat this week and be able to come out and play a good football game. We have not seen the Kentucky Wildcats play a good football game in a while, to be honest with you, and I think this is the week that you just absolutely have to have it. I understand who our opponent is. I think everyone listening to this podcast understands who the Georgia Bulldogs are. They are an elite football team. They do things well in all three levels. Defense, they are outstanding. Special teams, they are outstanding. And offense, they are outstanding. There's a reason why they have beat every single team they've played this year. There's a reason why they won the national championship last year and look poised to potentially do it again this year. They are well coached, they are extremely talented, and they are extremely physical. In my eyes, Kentucky, they have to play the best game they have played all season just to give themselves a chance to win this football game. And even that may not be enough. And I'm sorry, guys. I know it sounds bleak, and that's probably not what you want to hear, but it's the truth. The football team we are playing tomorrow is much, much, much better than we are. So is there any way we can pull off the upset? It's possible. can only start one place guys and that is with the pride of the Kentucky Wildcats I've been telling Sam all week that I was going to get on here and say this exact th- exact thing but to me this entire football game comes down to pride it was extremely embarrassing for the team to lose that game last weekend and you know George is coming in here this week saying Let's absolutely bury these guys. They're already reeling. Let's just end their season and just absolutely bury them, right? This is where our pride comes in. Are you going to let 
the, this Georgia Bulldogs team come into your house and run all over you, trample all, all over you, and run you out of the building. Can't happen. Can't not happen. There needs to be a line drawn in the sand this week from the whole Kentucky football team. Not happening. We will not allow them to come in here and do that to us. I don't care if we win or we lose this football game. This is about our pride. This is about going out there and doing everything we possibly can to win. I don't want to see some bogus game plan. I don't want to see timidness from the staff, the players, nobody. You have nothing to lose at this point. Absolutely nothing to lose. Nobody expects you to win this game. Nobody expects you to even be close in this football game. Your pride's on the line this weekend. What are you going to do? You're going to show up and you're going to fight like hell? Or are you going to back down? And that's ultimately how I see this football game. I don't see any point in breaking down all of the X's and O's. I think I've already said all I need to say on Georgia. You you have all seen it all season long. They are, like I said, they are extremely efficient in all three areas of the football. You're going to need to get pretty lucky to beat them. Pride. I cannot say it enough. That is exactly what this game is all about. And to be honest with you guys, I'm extremely fired up to watch this football game. I think the Kentucky Wildcats are going to come out here, and they are going to give it everything that they have. I think you're going to see them lay it all on the line this game. I cannot tell you what the result is going to be. I can't even tell you that it's going to be close because it may not be. But I will tell you one thing. They will go out there and they will fight like hell. And at the end of the day, I think that all of us, after we watch this football game, are going to feel different about this football team. We may be disappointed in the results and the way the season went, but I think we all will have the same feeling at the end of the game about our football team in the sense that we did not give up and we did not give in, and regardless of what was going on, we fought like hell until the end, and we tried to make our fans in this program proud of what we're doing. Looking to Will Levis to really pick it up this game, I think he has got to kind of put on his hero cape for our offense, and we'll see if he's capable of doing it. Our offensive line is going to have a tough time (laughs) blocking these guys. So see if Will Levis can put on the cape, potentially get us the upset. But like I said, we're just looking for the Kentucky Wildcats to go out there, lay it all on the line, and give it all they got. And we'll kind of see what happens, you know? Well, I think that... I have done enough talking for tonight. I think you guys have heard my voice for way too long. I was thinking in my mind before this, I'm like, I could probably go around 30 to 40 minutes without Sam. I don't know if everyone's going to want to listen to me for that long. So I hope I don't go any longer than that and drag this thing out. But um, 
hey, we're, we're right around that time between 30 to 40 minutes. I think I've done about all I can for this episode. We will be back on Tuesday with our next episode. We'll be recording on Monday night and have that out for you guys first thing Tuesday morning. We will be recapping Kentucky's big game against Gonzaga Sunday night. We'll also react to the Cats on the football field against the number one Georgia Bulldogs. And we will look ahead to what's on the upcoming schedule for the Kentucky basketball team. And we will kind of start to get prepared for this big rivalry showdown in the Bluegrass State between the Kentucky Wildcats and the Louisville Cardinals. Appreciate you all listening tonight. Have a good weekend. We'll all be cheering on the Cats and their big matchups this weekend. And go Cats. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.